0: Welcome to our November edition of our Fixed Interest podcast series. Today we discuss how Andorran banks have navigated the effects of the pandemic so far, what are their challenges ahead, and Andorran banks' ratings outlooks. I'm Cristina Torreya, Senior Director at Fitch and Head of Bank Ratings in Andorra, Spain, Greece and Cyprus. And today I'm joined by Fernando Sánchez, Associate Director at Fitch and Country Head of Andorran Banks Ratings. Now, just to put our discussion today in context, in July 2021, Fitch affirmed Andorra's sovereign rating at BBB plus with a stable outlook. Let me also share with you a few words on Andorra's credit profile. This is pretty much supported by high GDP per capita, favorable governance indicators, high debt affordability, and a record of fiscal prudence. These positive credit features is set against risk to the economy and sovereign balance sheet from a very large banking sector, which accounts for about six times GDP, as well as the absence of a lender of last resort. Indeed, Andorra is a small economy concentrated in few economic sectors, with tourism, retail trade and financial services making about 80% of the country's gross value added. Now my first question to you Fernando is the following. While the sovereign rating outlook remained stable during the crisis, it was not until recently that we changed the outlook on the Operating Environment Assessment for Anduran Banks to stable from negative. Could you explain a bit the rationale for the outlook stabilization and what the main implications are for Anduran Banks ratings?
1: Thanks Cristina. Yes, uh, Andorra has recently followed a number of countries in Western Europe where we have uh, stabilized the outlook of the operating environment. So currently, the score for Andorra remains at triple E minus, but with a stable outlook, and that is uh, two notches below the rating of the sovereign. And as you said, uh, one factor that weighs down uh, on our assessment is the lack of uh, lender of last resort. which I will elaborate on later, but specifically on the outlook. It was placed on negative as the pandemic struck last year to signal the significant downside risks, especially from being a very small economy that depends extensively on a few sectors, as you mentioned, notably tourism, which was severely hit during the crisis, especially in 2020. Um, Now, what the recent stabilization reflects is uh, our expectation of a sound economic recovery. Uh, This would be largely driven by a positive evolution of the tourism sector, which already showed a very positive performance this summer. Um, Also, there has been a strong recovery uh, in the construction sector, which uh, is also a relevant contributor to Andorra's GDP. And as a consequence of uh, these developments, we revised uh, upwards so our GDP growth forecasts. Now we expect the economy to grow by 4.5% this year and then 5.2% in 2022. And this compares to our previous projections of 3.5% for 2021 and then 46 for uh, next year. Another factor um, supporting the stabilization is the limited rise in the unemployment rate, which remains very low for European standards. And lastly, we also consider Andorra's progress in developing its uh, regulatory framework and aligning this with uh, European standards, particularly in terms of Basel III regulation, in terms of uh, resolution framework as well, and anti-money laundering. Now, on the outlooks of the banks, uh, those of AntBank and Great Andorra still remain on negative. In the case of Anbank, which is rated one notch above the other two Andorran banks at B, the negative outlook mainly reflects uh, profitability challenges. Uh, that includes the possibility of uh, failing to improve uh, cost efficiency, which remains rather weak for its uh, rating level. In the case of Credit Andorra, it mainly reflects uh, downside risks related to asset quality. Uh, also, considering that this bank has a higher than peers exposure to uh, the real economy, and that's through its uh, larger commercial banking business. Uh, lastly, uh, the stable outlook on the ratings of MoraBank, it uh, reflects uh, an ample uh, headroom to absorb uh, risks even in a, in a more adverse uh, scenario and particularly considering the banks' uh, Better Than Peers capital position. Uh, Having said this, uh, we do believe that uh, downside pressures uh, for the ratings of the three Andorran banks uh, have certainly eased uh, following the developments uh, in the operating environment that I have been describing. And uh, this also includes the benefits of uh, the support measures uh, for the private sector, which have uh, proven effective and uh, have also provided protection to banks' uh, asset quality and earnings.
0: Indeed, it seems that Andoran banks have so far coped well with the pressures from the pandemic. What are the main elements that are containing or mitigating the impact of the economic hit?
1: Well, there are a number of factors that, as you mentioned, have helped or are expected to help to contain pressures. I would highlight three of them on the first place. Andorran banks have diversified business models. The contribution of private banking activities is quite relevant, and this results in profitability being supported by sound commission income This tends to be recurrent and tends to be stable. And it was indeed quite resilient during 2020. To a large extent, it did um, offset uh, the impact of disruption in retail banking activities due to the pandemic. Now turning to asset quality, the contribution of retail banking is different bank by bank. But uh, what is common for the three banks is uh, first, if we compare to other banks in Europe, the three andorran banks have made a low use of moratoriums and state guaranteed lending. This signals that the borrowers' repayment capacity remains broadly adequate. And secondly, they have high reserve coverage levels and also, very importantly, high collateralization. And this is partly a reflection of their exposure to Lombard loans from private banking activities. Um, in total, this ranges from 20% to close to 50% of lending. And these are very high quality loans. They have performed uh, well through cycles. And we think it will also limit the extent of asset quality deterioration. And the third positive element is capitalization. Um, all banks uh, entered the crisis with improved capital ratios. Uh, the three banks have uh, leveraged on, on their sound capacity to generate the capital internally, and uh, have also been cautious in terms of dividend payments historically, so even if we take the pro forma ratios of uh, the banks that are in the process of uh, acquiring or integrating other banks, as is the case for uh, Mora Bank and Great Andorra, uh, buffers uh, remain comfortably above minimum requirements. Also, if we look at sort of uh, long-term CET1 ratio targets, they are quite conservative uh, potentially as well, because banks could be preparing for an upcoming Emerald requirement. And on the other hand, uh, capital encumbrance to unreserved problem problem assets uh, has also declined in recent years and essentially um, has led to a reduction of the vulnerability of these banks to, to asset quality shocks.
0: And Fernando, what in your opinion are the most relevant risks and challenges ahead for Honduran banks?
1: The ratings of Andorran banks factor in a number of uh, structural weaknesses. Uh, As you know, even if these uh, banks have achieved uh, some international expansion in recent years, their exposure to Andorra continues to be um, material. Uh, Andorra is a very small country, its uh, economy is uh, undiversified, and in turn banks have uh, high single name concentrations which pose a risk, uh, especially in the context of the pandemic. Um, However, we have to take into account as well that uh, generally these exposures are well collateralized and the level of concentration by borrower is declining as banks seek to strengthen their risk profile. Um, Another area where we see room for improvement is efficiency. Um, This remains overall weak with uh, cost-to-income ratios ranging from over 80% to about 60%. And we see a negative correlation between the level of international presence and the level of efficiency. Uh, That means that the higher the presence outside Andorra is, the lower the the level of efficiency is. And that is mainly due to the existence of fierce competition in private banking in most of the countries where the banks operate, Uh, while as in Andorra, margins are uh, considerably higher. In the longer term, we do expect some improvements at the three banks, as continued uh, AUM growth should gradually cover fixed costs um, with additional commission uh, revenue. And Lastly, I would highlight uh, the lack of a lender of last resort, uh, which I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, As you know, uh, Andorran banks uh, don't have access to funding from the ECB, and this is a competitive disadvantage versus other European banks, which have access to TLTRO funding at very, very favorable market conditions. And that, in a period that as you know, uh, banks struggle with profitability. Um, in addition, in a stress situation, Andorran banks would not have access to contingent liquidity should the needs, the needs uh, arise. Uh, but, however. Uh, it's uh, important to take into account as well that funding and liquidity remain sound at the three banks. And also liquidity has proven resilient in past periods of uh, stress, such as the financial crisis or the failure of uh, BPA in 2015. Uh, that being said, in our opinion, uh, the adherence to the ECB would uh, make banks uh, to some extent more competitive and would be also positive for our assessment of funding and liquidity as it could have a positive impact on banks' access to market funding as they prepare for a future Emerald requirement.
0: You touched earlier on the consolidation dynamics of the Andorran banking system which uh, will likely lead to the number of players in the domestic market reducing to only 3. What is your assessment of these transactions, and what are your expectations for future business growth?
1: Indeed, in July this year, MoraBank announced it had reached an agreement with the Spanish bank Banco de Sabadell to buy its stake in its Andorra subsidiary. The deal was completed recently, and then a couple of months after, in September, uh, Create Andorra followed in announcing it had also reached an agreement for the acquisition of Valbank, which is the fourth uh, largest bank in Andorra. Um, subsequent to these announcements, uh, we affirmed uh, both banks' ratings at minus. BBB-. Uh, the rating actions uh, reflected the uh, benefits on, on company profile and on scale, uh, which should, in our opinion, outweigh the integration risks. And in both cases, we expect the acquisitions to generate significant cost synergies, and that will support the improvements in efficiency as banks progress in the integration processes. Uh, On the other hand, uh, the affirmation also considers the negative impact uh, of the transactions on capitalization at two banks, which would mainly mm, come from an increase in risk-weighted assets. In the case of Mora Bank, we expect the bank to continue to operate with capital buffers that are sound and still better than peers. And in the case of Credit Andorra, we expect the bank to progressively restore its uh, fully loaded ct one ratio towards its target of 15%, and that would be through earnings generation. Uh, now on growth prospects, uh, as you mentioned. Opportunities in Andorra remain very limited, especially following the two transactions that I just mentioned. And for this reason, uh, Andorran Bank's strategy is focused on expanding internationally to support profitability and also to to support the geographical diversification. So going forward, we will see AUM growth at the Bank's uh, international private banking businesses without ruling out the possibility of seeing some inorganic growth as well in their core geographies if uh, opportunities arise.
0: Thank you, Fernando, for a very interesting discussion on Anduran banks and thank you all for listening. For more information on Anduran banks, you can access our peer review research in our website at fitxratings.com. We hope you will join us in the next edition of Fixed Interest podcast series. Thank you all.